So if she just want to say gibberish, whatever. Hola, hola, hola. <laughs> mic check, mic check, mic check. All right. Beautiful. Roger Wilco. Off in the midst of nothingness and unknowing. Follow the compass that my heart is showing. Hello everyone, my name is Kaylin Otto, and you are listening to We'll Work for Food. So today is January 1st, and I'm really bad with dates, but this is a big one. So um, I actually know what today's date is, woo! And I just hope that you all had a really, um, just a night that you needed. Like maybe you needed some fun, maybe you needed some letting go, maybe you needed to work through some stuff. So whatever it is that you needed, I really hope that you found that last night. Um, and then you can kind of get in your feels today and kind of feel out what you may need for this new year and set some intentions and things like that. So my goal last night was to have fun and let go and let it be easy and stress-free. And that is exactly what I've found. I've learned so much this year about setting intentions and using the law of attraction to get what I need. Um, so that leads me into telling you, a little announcement about what the next couple episodes will be about, actually. So the next episode I want to do, I want to talk, talk about things that I learned um, in the past year, share them with you, compare notes on what we learned, you know, share this information with each other, and, you know, share some stories and some life lessons, because that's how we learn. We keep teaching each other, which I think will be really fun. Um, and then... The one after that will also just be me talking, I'm pretty sure. And on that one, I wanted to talk about relationships, especially romantic relationships. Well, what does that even mean, right? Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> and how they affect our travels and our time on the road. Because I just recently spent about five days um, in Denver, Colorado. And then I went to Hawaii for a week. You might have seen if you're, you keep up with my social media at all. And then I went back to Denver. And when I was in Denver, I was staying with someone who was like kind of, you know, a romantic interest. And I think I learned a lot from that experience. So I'd really like to share and talk about that. And I realized that when I do the episodes where it's like me being really raw and honest, maybe a little annoying or goofy or whatever it is, I seem to get the most response out of those. So I'm really excited to get on here and just share about me this time. Um, 
some of my experiences and let us connect in that way. So look out for those two episodes. When I was in Denver, actually, I went to this ecstatic dance class that was amazing. So thank you so much, Ryan, for taking me. And um, in this class, you know, it was before the new year. And they asked us to pick one word to set an intention for the new year. So not a goal, not a resolution, not a list, not anything like that. And I really, really love that because, you know, this year I'm waking up and I'm understanding more about life and everything and how it works and my own emotions and feelings and energy and intentions. So I really, really love that idea. And the one that came to me was spirit. And so this year I'm going to embody spirit. So how can spirit shine through me? How can I connect with my own spirit, you know, and then act in a way that really takes care of my spirit, you know, honoring it? Whether I'm feeling wild that day, or quiet, or reflective, um, or loving, or feeling like showing care, whatever that is, I just really want to let that shine through this year, even if it's uncomfortable and it means that there has to be growth or pain or whatever that may be. That's what I'm really aiming for this year. You know, my authentic spirit, moving through it, letting it shine through, and really noticing the spirit in others because sometimes it's easy um, to look for our own, you know, human egos and look at the egos of others and really base our actions off of that. But I'm really trying to get past that in some ways this year. So that was my word, and my two, like, little subwords that popped up um, were unconditional love because I met someone in Hawaii who really was just shining with that. Like, unbelievably, I've never met someone like them before. And um, being strong, which is weird because it sounds really cliche, but it's not like being strong where, you know, I just do what I want all the time and I get exactly what I need and, you know, I, like, stand my ground. No, for me, the strong is going to be... Oh my gosh, the dog is barking really loud. I lost my mic, or I didn't lose my mic, but my mic's not working right now, so it's picking up all the other sounds. And this is actually like my third time recording this because I've been having so many technical difficulties with this podcast. So, sorry for the mic resolution and Jaker's going nuts in the background. Um, but it's going to be the type of strong... Um, that you really have to dig for, like, you really have to think through and be conscious with, you know, honoring what serves you best in that moment, even if it's painful, or if it requires growth, um, or, you know, you lose some relationships, maybe, or it's uncomfortable, so those are my goals for this year, and I wanted to share them with you, but even better, I wanted you to share your goals with me, so wherever you heard this at, whether it's on SoundCloud, Facebook, Instagram, um, please try to make your way to my Instagram post and post your one word for this new year. I'm like so excited to see it and I would really love to see them from the bottom of my heart. So I hope at least just like one person does it. Um, and if you don't have an Instagram, please go on Facebook, SoundCloud, wherever you heard this and post your word there. Because I think it would be so cool if we could start to share, you know, support each other, maybe hold each other accountable and different things like that. Um, so that's really all I had to share with you, you know, what the next couple episodes are going to sound like, my intention for this year, and reminding you to please go and post your word, goals, intentions, whatever for this year under, you know, the Instagram post that I shared this podcast with. Um, 
But one more thing before we get into this week's episode, I'm going to put a link in this bio to an inspiring video that will make you laugh out loud. For some reason, it almost made me cry. And it's under a minute long, and this is my message to all of you this year. Please, if you do one thing, if you don't even finish this episode, go listen to this. Um, The link is in my bio, and it will say, listen to this, 2018. It's not my content, it's someone else's, or else I would have shared it on this podcast. So please go listen to that. Now, without further ado, let's get into this week's episode, which is with Tyler Whitney, um, my friend who is intelligent and kind and has so much wisdom to share. And he's talking all about how he lives on the day-to-day basis with little to no money, just like I do when I travel. So thank you, Tyler. Okay, let me pull up these questions that I have for you. All right, so right now I'm talking to Tyler, and Tyler has been wanting to share a little bit um, about their lifestyle for a while here, so I think this will be a pretty good fit, but can you just introduce yourself to everyone with your name and preferred pronouns, please? Sure. So, Tyler Whitney, no middle name. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, nice. I'm I'm unique in that regard as well, Um, and uh, he, him. He him. Okay. For pronouns, yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah. Very cool. Oh, and then I saw, is there actually is there a thing for a nickname? Yeah, well, um, I made up three new questions to get to uh-huh. know people, and it's not actually a nickname that you have. So oh. Oh. I'm, <laughs> uh-huh. I'm asking you to make up a nickname for yourself right now that oh. um, would tell people something about you. Dang it. <laughs> I have some good ones that are already. You could you could uh, use one that you already you know people already use. It's up to you. Yeah, I just I'm I'm not very original in that regard on the spot. Um, well, like I go by my moniker, like with my blog and everything is, and like Instagram and other stuff, and on Facebook the little you know parentheses name uh, is Wisdom Practitioner. Nice. So okay. I, I've always I was resonated with that. Uh, and I was gonna. I was actually. When I saw that nickname. I was like, "Oh, I can tell. I can tell you about the origin story of my other nickname, which is Grandma." Yeah. Uh, which I guess now I have to unpack that because <laughs> it's interesting. Because uh, I just I came home one day, living at the house, and one of the housemates was like, "Grandma," just out of the blue, um, because I was carrying a bunch of food because I I bring food in the community and mm-hmm. and then I guess there's this general disposition too where like. I'm pretty like nurturing and caring and like trying to keep everybody safe. Like I'm safety first, like all the way. Yeah. So it's really stuck. And so I actually get called that more, especially in my house, uh, than my actual given name. So, Oh, nice. <laughs> so, so wisdom practitioner, grandma. That is, you, it has a nice ring to it. Yeah. <laughs> Very that cool. Could be, I could actually I'm retitle the blog with grandma in there. <laughs> <laughs> it could be yeah. your own. Right blog already right. dot grandma dot com right. yeah. yeah that's perfect all right well okay so you made it for the through the first question doing Sweet. great second question is if you had to pick a color to represent you what color would it be and why mm-hmm. that's a tough one um <laughs> i instantly go to blue probably just because i'm acculturated to say that mm-hmm. maybe <laughs> um <laughs> But I don't really, I don't really have one. I mean, to be honest, I don't know. 
Like I couldn't. I would be just making something up just to tick the box. So. All right. I'm well, not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that. It's out, it's out of it's out of integrity. So. <laughs> Good. I appreciate the honesty. Yeah. All right, so the last torturous question to help us get to know you is, um, is there 10 seconds, give or take, of a tune that really stands out to you that you really, really like? Well, um, yeah. Um, lately, too, I've been getting a lot into... I love Spotify. Mm-hmm. Plug. Um, and... Jerry Rafferty, actually, not a lot, super well-known artist from the 70s and early 80s. Um, he has this really beautiful song called Whatever is Written in Your Heart. Okay. Uh, and uh, it's just, like, really amazing. Um, I think the verse is something like, you know, whatever's written in, whatever's written in your heart, that's all that matters. So mm-hmm. it's, like, kind of, uh, you know, like a sort of uh, heart-centered um, identification, uh, even though you may be speaking or doing things that may not seem to other people as, as such, like yeah. you kind of know what your intentions are maybe, or, or, or like, you know, like your core intentions will kind of carry you through no matter what, if you mm. leave from the heart. So that, that's kind of a big, a big song for me. Okay, nice. I'll even share that in the show notes under this so that people can listen to it. Sweet. So, Yes. Um, and I also like to start off with telling people how we met. So for people listening, you can probably tell a little bit of a difference right now. We're not together. We're Skyping for this interview because we haven't actually met in person yet. Um, I think, right. uh, did I add you? Did you add me or did someone tell us to be friends <laughs> on uh, Facebook? It's like, I mean, it's been over a year. That's Easy, a long time. I'm thinking something like that. But I'm not sure. I think maybe someone collectively free, uh, somebody or other was a mutual friend or something. And yeah. I think you were, like, visiting or something, and we look like kindred spirits, so I usually always add kindred spirits immediately. So oh, for sure. <laughs> that's, my... how, that's how it started. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then recently, I'd say in the last six months, it seems like communication has picked up more and more and stuff. I think especially part of that was is I... I just kind of clued in. I was like, oh, you're doing, like, this whole money list thing a lot more than I thought. Yeah. So that, like, automatically goes off in my mind, like, oh, okay, let's, let's you know, yeah. let's connect more on that. So. For sure. And I didn't even realize, like, how much you actually practiced that until I had looked at your blog a couple times, and I had read some other articles. I think I had skimmed the money list one before, but I actually sat down and read the whole thing the other day, and I was like, wow, you're mm-hmm. doing this. Or, like, you've thought through this. A lot more than I have. Right. <laughs> so yeah. um, that's what I'm really excited to tell people about today. Sure. Yeah. So can you just start telling me, I'm pulling this from reading your blog post, but can you start telling me, I was reading that before you were kind of living, you know, I'm going to say normal. Um, sure. Just like typical Americans would probably live, like having a job. Um, paying for a house and things like that. And then I read that you started to make some changes. So that's what I'm interested about. Yeah. What was the impetus, right? Yes. So, um, yeah, I was, I was, I was married. This is probably like 2010. Okay. And, 
my wife couldn't work because she was sick. She had actually fallen off the back of a pickup before I met her and like traumatic brain injury and, uh, you know, so she had all these complications from that, but pretty high functioning still, mm-hmm. uh, but still had like headaches and pain and nausea and, and all these things and, and couldn't work. Basically we were trying to apply for disability mm-hmm. for a long time. And so that was really stressful and hard and, so I was a single income and I was kind of underemployed working as a caregiver, you know, making like whatever, $10 an hour or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think, yeah, we're, it was like gross income, like fifteen, sixteen hundred $1,600 a month or something Yeah. for two people and a dog, <laughs> Oh, wow. uh, which isn't too bad. You know, you know, we didn't have kids or anything and I, I actually didn't have debt, um, really that much, maybe a little bit of consumer debt at that time. Um, but I was just like feeling the pinch, you know, I was like, yeah. and I was feeling the grind of having to work full time to make ends meet and, and trying to figure out, well, you know, I'm not really seeing a lot of avenues to make more money, especially because there's lots, lots of things that making more money are not in line with my values. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of, and I was like thinking about going back to school off and on cause I have a bachelor's, but bachelor's is kind of a dime a dozen nowadays. It's like the new baseline. Yeah. And so I was like, well, it's going to be on the other end. It's not going to be on the income and it's going to be in, on the, you know, what's going out, the expenditure mm-hmm. side of things. So I just slashed everything over time. It took a few months. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, we just, we just, you know, stopped eating out as much and doing all these things and, you know, cutting back on this and that. And, and, and we actually ended up, I think, I was looking at this the other day, we, so out of that like net income of, you know, fifteen hundred or whatever a month, we we're able to actually save five hundred of that, which is a pretty good chunk. Oh, you know, third a third of my income roughly, I was able to save away. So I was building up that nest egg, that peace of mind. Um, what were some other things that you cut out? Do you remember? Oh boy, yes, yeah, this is a while ago. Um, we were just a lot smarter about things and just stop, you know, like I didn't buy as many video games and I cut, well, basically like I didn't cut out stuff entirely at that point mm-hmm. that would come later. <laughs> but this was kind of the first impetus where I was like, Oh, okay. I need to, we need to streamline this. We need to get like a budget going big time and, you know, not be so month to month, like have a little bit of a breathing room because yeah. that is insanely stressful to have that month to month scraping by. Like right. that is such a weight. Um, right. and it's such a, yeah, point of suffering for so many people. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And I, I was in it for years. So, um, let's see. But then I guess to fast forward a little bit, um, uh, we ended up getting a divorce and part, partly because of financial stuff and health things and, and some other things going on there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so after that was in 2012. So, after that, that kind of opened me up a little bit to more of an option for myself to be like, okay, do I want to go like the next level with this? You know, cause the seed had been planted kind of. And, um, and when I was at work, I had, I had a fair amount of free time between doing chores and things. And, you know, I would, I would go online and look up stuff and, and, uh, that's kind of how it started. I didn't really have like any direct contact with anyone yeah. that was living like this. I was just, you know, the internet is amazing. So I just was looking all over and, and, uh, I mean, I could go into, to, to all the different sites I went to and, and kind of the cornerstone 
pieces if you'd like. Yeah, if you want to read a couple, whatever links that we have, I'll put them in the show notes so that people can find them. But if you have any quotes or, yeah, any main points from those that you like. Yeah, this is kind of like, as I frame it, like on my blog, too, I just, I kind of, I came across these few key sites and people that really formed the foundation. And, like, the first one was uh, Early Retirement Extreme, which is kind of interesting because it's this guy, uh, Jacob Lund Fisker, who has a pretty good blog as well, and we can do links, but uh, mm-hmm. he ended up saving 75% of his income, which is, you know, astronomical, off-the-charts right. levels. But then he had some good tenets and philosophy about things, about simplifying, you know. Um, but what but what was weird, and I guess didn't jive with me ultimately, was that he was involved more in the market. Okay. And he was actually making pretty good money before he decided to, you know, save a bunch. Yeah. So he was he was making like sixty grand and putting you know seventy five percent of sixty grand is a lot of a nest egg and, and putting it into the market and being able to become financially independent that way. And so I was like, okay, I'll take I'll take what fits with me mm-hmm. and I'll kind of leave out the more capitalist stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that that was a big site. I, I spent a lot of time on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I read Your Money or, or Your Life, which is a big seminal book for like. Uh, the big thing about that is it quantifies like, you know, you're giving your literal time and energy for this stuff. So like you better be really aware of what all goes into that, you mm-hmm. know? So that was a big one. Um, and then, um, and then I came across in that sort of same time period, you know, this is like 2011 probably. Um, uh, Daniel Suelo's blog, which he's lived without money for 15 years, or yeah. for 15 years. So I guess technically now in the last couple of years, he's had to use it more because he's had to take care of his uh, his parents who okay. are alien. Um, but I came across his blog. I met him at the Rainbow Gathering a few years that. ago. Thank he's you. amazing, amazing dude. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, let's see what else. Um, he's got a great a lot of good stuff out there. There's a there's a book called uh, The Man Who Quit Money. That's about him. Yeah, I was I was watching the little interview of the guy who made that of him, actually, uh-huh. and it looks pretty good. So I might For have sure. to get into that. And you can find that you can find that at a lot of libraries, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's what they said. They put so many free copies out. So I'm gonna have to look for that. Um, I saw this quote of this picture you posted on your blog, so I'm going to read it and ask you your thoughts on it, because I, I really like it. It puts it in perspective. Um, sure. It says, normal is getting dressed in clothes that you buy for work, driving through traffic in a car that you're still paying for in order to get the job you need to pay for the clothes in the car and the house you leave vacant all day so that you can afford to live in it. Right. And that was Ellen Goodman. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, or how does that right. relate to you? Yeah, that's that's classic, classic uh, meme you see floating around. Um, yeah, I mean it's pretty ins- insane in a lot of ways, right? It's like you're in this, you're in the treadmill, you're in the cycle, the work spin cycle. Yeah, and uh, you just like, and all these things are interlocked, so you can't really step out of the cycle if, unless you want to like survive. So mm-hmm. you're just, you know you just caught in it endlessly. And I was in it 
like many of us. Yeah. Until I figured out, you know, there's ways to get out of that. And, uh, yeah, but it's really depressing, especially that, that picture, too, the gridlock and, like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, um, there's a lot of lanes and a lot of cars, <laughs> a lot yeah. of traffic. There's another one, actually, I'm looking on my blog, where it's by uh, Charles Bukowski, which is similar, um, but it's like, it says, uh, how in the hell could a man enjoy being awakened at 6.30 a.m. by an alarm clock, leap out of bed, dress, force feet, shit, piss, brush teeth and hair, <laughs> and fight traffic to get to a place where essentially you made lots of money for somebody else and were asked to be grateful for the opportunity to do so. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So once again, talking especially about where are you working, where are your, where is your time and energy going to, what's the end product, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, let's see. Um, let's see. And then I guess, so doing more research, you know, Suelo stuff, it kind of gave me more confidence. I finally moved to Portland. I was living in Oregon city, which is like this little suburb. It's okay. actually the, the end of the Oregon trail. Um, okay. wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and I moved to Portland proper and I, Asked around, I was like, "Where are the money? Those types? Where are they? Where are they hang out?" And uh, I showed up to Food Not Bombs, mm-hmm. which is a great organization. You know, they go around, they pick up food that would other would otherwise go to waste, and it's it's all vegan. It's pretty much all organic. Our, our chapter in Portland does everything by bike, pretty much. Oh, nice! Uh, so picking up food and all that stuff, and I and I met uh, kind of one of my root teachers, I guess, um, Satya, mm-hmm. who who also had been living without money and is actually mentioned in Suelo's book. Oh. Um, pretty much living without money for many years, kind of spiritual teacher. And I started practicing with, with the Sangha, with the Buddhist Sangha that he, he was a part of and mm-hmm. learned a lot, like directly how to live. And um, Yeah. Um, nice. So yeah. how did your, like, I guess, life, attitude, energy – as a whole start to change when you started to figure out how to live moneyless? Well, um, it definitely was very exciting and fresh and new and like, you know, hopeful mm-hmm. that I was like, Oh, like for, for the first few months of that, I mean, I remember vividly cause I was transitioning like, you know, 2013. I think I like, I sold my car. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was working part-time still, but I started to work, be, like, on call. Mm-hmm. So I was just I was just phasing out everything related to money, pretty much. You know, I got rid of my phone. I was doing Google Voice. You know, I guess I'll go into particulars later. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was an amazing feeling to be walking around just, like, on a Tuesday or something. Like, on work day. <laughs> just yeah. be like, hey, I'm just free to do whatever I want and right. plug in wherever I want and... And not having to this, even the cycle of like, you know, like Saturday and Sunday weren't just like the be all end all days, like the living for the weekend things. They were just, right. they were just another day in the week. Yeah. It kind of, everything kind of flows together when you're not in that uh, working full time or even working hardly at all. I mean, I went periods where I wasn't, I had zero income at all for, yeah. for many, many months. So, Wow. So it actually is living with no income because... I think that's good to clarify for people because sometimes I'll tell people that I travel moneyless and they're like, 
oh, so you start with like a little bit of money and I'll be like, no, I can literally do things, you know, functioning sometimes with no <laughs> income. And I don't think people um, understand that or think about that sometimes. So you're actually talking about living with zero income. No. Right, income-wise. Now, see, I, I usually add caveats to that because it's mm -hmm. hard even when I say moneyless because I've, I've used the term like primarily moneyless, which is more accurate. Yeah. Like Swelo, for example, like he hardcore, like really for those 15 years, there was literally like Nada. no money. Now, that, you know, that's another level. Yeah. I'm like 95%, which is really close, mm -hmm. you know, but I was using some savings to pay for like my rent over the last two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, or three years, I guess. Um, but outside of rent, I've only spent like $400 wow. in three and a half, four years or something like that. Wow. Uh, and everything all everything all told, I've spent about four grand, I think, give or yeah. take. Because um, rent typically for me has been about 150 a month. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, there is some usage. And I've used EBT or food stamps, mm -hmm. which, like, Swelo, for example, would never use because he's, like, outside the system mm -hmm. completely. Um, so, I definitely, you know, have, like, my toe in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I've been able to use that, which is a great resource. Um, and, uh, and then I've had some... Uh, like I was walking dogs for a little bit, for a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. I was making some hummus. So yeah. there's, a, there's been certain, certain points where I've needed some some flow in. Right. Because unless I'm doing, unless you do work trade for rent or something, right? It, it's kind of hard to get around the housing thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unless you're just <laughs> completely on the go. Right. Yeah. If you're in travel mode, you're the guest mode. It's it's maybe in, in some ways it's it makes more sense to not have to. Right. Chill out money for things, but, um, right. yeah. That definitely makes sense. Um, so I definitely want to get into these very specific questions on how you can do that. Um, but before we did, we do that, I wanted to ask you about your definition of capitalism and what you think about it, because I know this is actually a word that I'm still trying to learn and understand more. Um, I have like you know, the dic dictionary definitions and what I've asked people about it, but it's still something I'm interested in wrapping my head around a little bit more. So I'd like to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, it is kind of murky in some ways, too, because it's really complex um, and such an ancient sort of system in many ways, um, at least in our modern culture. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I kind of comes down to three key words for me, like I think, you know, exploitation, ownership, and greed are like the big tenets of capitalism, right? You know? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the particulars of like, you know, you want to get really academic about it or whatever about, you know, there's certain people that help, have, have capital, own things, have, have the money, they kind of run the show, there's a bunch of peons, you know, it's hierarchical pyramid sort mm -hmm. of thing um yeah it's just uh it's, it's no bueno <laughs> <laughs> just... there's lots of lots of issues lots of lots of many things written about it over the years but yeah that's kind of my sort of spiel on the whole capitalist perfect grossness seems like it's running the world right now so yeah i think it's a good time for everyone to learn about it a little bit more 
Mm-hmm. Um, so if people want to know how to live moneyless like you do, or they're thinking about it, how do you literally do things? Um, for example, you said you pay for rent sometimes, but what do you do for clothes, food, other things like that? Yeah, so like I said, yeah, the housing is I'm I'm paying for because that it's kind of tough too because when I've been because I've been living in communities of several people, kind mm-hmm. of hippie-ish, quote unquote, you know, and uh, and that's been a bit of a challenge um, in some ways because there's only a few of those and then ones that mesh with my values and, yeah. and it's worked out though amazingly as I mean not maybe so amazingly it's kind of how the universe works like you ask and you shall receive really. Um, but um, but yeah, the other other things like the fact like everything I'm, I'm wearing, I think I got this at Goodwill though many years ago. But yeah, <laughs> um, but collect you know, I guess food. We'll go with food first. So yeah. food, like I said, the EBT, the food stamps help a bit. But I've actually existed for months off and on where I've had gaps in coverage, mm-hmm. just fine between sharing food, dumpster diving, yeah, you know, classic classic dumpster diving, food not bombs. Um, you know, gleaning just randomly, like especially in the summer months here in Portland, there's lots mm-hmm. of fruit and things and abundance flowing around. Um, so that's never been an issue yeah. at all. Uh, in fact, like uh, we get like these bagels like every week here, which is kind of out of control. Like, <laughs> like bread. It, it's hard being if you're gluten free and you're dumpster diving. It's sad because there's yeah. so much bread. Um, Can't be that picky. But, no, um, and um, for clothes, I mean, free boxing and people sharing clothes and gifting clothes, it's never been an issue either. Mm-hmm. I've never really been like, I'll make it, like, what do I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I've, I've had like good gear too, and uh, you know, um, and some of the stuff too that I have, a few things that were from when I was using money before, but very few, okay, like my daily wardrobe is all pretty much found stuff. Um, or gifted or something. Uh, and, uh, and then there's other things too, like, like, like the phone, which is a big one for a lot of people. Yeah. Tell us about that. People over the years about that. Come talk to me. Um, so I use Google voice mm-hmm. for my phone needs. And so you get like, you know, voicemail, texting, you can make phone calls from your phone, which I don't really do. Mm-hmm. Um, I do mainly all my phone calls off my computer. Okay. Which my computer is one of my last vestiges of when I was using a lot of money. Yeah. Or more money or whatever. Um, but I still have, you know, like I said, I, my friend's gifted me a laptop pretty soon. So, like, you know, there's always something. Wow. And, like, I got, I had, like, a Droid X for a long time that I was using for one of my phones. But that's got kind of clunky. But then one of my housemates gave me his old iPhone 4. Oh, nice. So there's always, you know, if you're willing to not have the cutting edge technology, you will always have something yeah. for your tech needs, you know? And it's, does Google voice only run off of Wi-Fi? Yeah. I'm thinking only Wi-Fi and, but it's just like a regular cell phone in terms of all the services that you right. would expect. So it's pretty amazing. Has um, that been like difficult in any way from going from a more standard cell phone plan to only using Wi-Fi? Uh, at first, it was a little different because I, you know, like you're texting on the fly more, you're making phone calls on the fly. It's like the phone call thing. Yeah. Might be the only slight hindrance if you especially have a lot of needs surrounding on the fly 
phone calls. Yeah. That might be a little more cumbersome. There's ways you can do that on your phones. Um, like you can maybe even jailbreak them. But some of the older operating systems on a phone, you might not be able to use like Google Hangouts and Google mm-hmm. Voice apps because it's just like too outdated. Yeah. But um, most people text really nowadays. Anyway, and I use a lot of Facebook right. to kind of augment my, you know, communication needs. So it's been fine really. And it's nice because it's not like it's all the time. It's constant. And people know me now enough. They know like this is just my pattern. Yeah. So they accepted it. <laughs> it's like, this is the time roll. Like, I love y'all, you know? So <laughs> you'll be on um, when you're on. Yeah. Nice. What are other bills that people have, I guess? So right. if you don't have a car, you don't have to pay for car insurance. No. What do you do for transportation? Right. Because those are their big key areas. How do you get around? Yeah. Um, so transportation is, uh, you know, bike, which is the amazing device. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had actually bought one years ago, a specialized, a real tank of a bike. It's like hybrid that I've had. <laughs> you know, knock on wood, I've had so many people have their bikes stolen over the years. Yeah. But mine's, you know, I'm pretty mindful about keeping it safe and stuff. But, um, and even if it was stolen too, like that's the thing that I've, one of the takeaways from living this way is that there's always a way, you know, there's like, I could always manifest a bike somehow, either really cheap or free or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I've been using that for, you know, a number of years and lots of hauling stuff around on trailer and, and um, uh, and that's actually the source of where that $400 or so about half of that maybe has been bike related, like on parts and things that are yeah. hard to come by for free. Yeah. Like wheels and some tires and like, you know, various, various things. Right. Um, that's still pretty considered, you know. Yeah, that, I was gonna say that's. I've never yeah. used that little of money. That's yeah. That's not very much. Um, yeah, so I guess that covers your transportation, housing, food, clothing, the, technology the essentials. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing too. If you focus on the essentials, there's so much depth there that, like, I mean, you know, it's just like. There's a lot there to do. And I remember when my friends made a comment, they're like, well, if you're going to be living mindless, aren't you going to be focusing most of your energy just on getting those basic needs met? And I'm like, not necessarily. Um, mm-hmm. And also, like, we do this, you know, when we go, if we live more conventionally and you work full time or whatever, like, it's just, it's just a bad deal to do that. I'd rather do this style than do that and yeah. have to still worry about all the basic needs on top of the grind you know and yeah i don't know it's just yeah there's so many some many more benefits and it really it pains me too that more people can't live like this because even in my house you know i have we have different people at different uh like bigger rooms mm-hmm. and so they pay a little bit more um and ideally i would everyone that i live with would pay roughly what i pay you know or like yeah or we'd all live like in a tiny house village or something or, you know, some kind of setup like that, that would be more fair and balanced um, right. and across the board, you know, with everybody else. Right. In the whole city, society. Nice. Yeah, those are going to be good thoughts and tips for people to start thinking about. Um, because I, like I said before, I never started thinking about it this hard or in terms of living every single day like that because usually I travel and then I'll travel with almost no money 
and then I'll come back and like you know I just started working again for the time that I'm gonna be here so I've never actually thought of it in such long-term terms so that's definitely good to hear about <laughs> right yeah just kind of have this because my whole modus operandi or like rule of thumb is I will not spend money unless I absolutely have to kind of mm-hmm. thing so that's pretty much guided me throughout all this yeah and something you said earlier kind of brought to mind this sort of it's like this passiveness with this lifestyle, but it's like a beautiful kind of passiveness in a way where you're not, cause when you have money, you have like some sense of control and, and agency Yeah. cause you can buy certain things or you can open doors to certain things using that money. Mm-hmm. And it's not like your doors are closed. It's just different ones open when you're doing this style. And, sure. um, but in terms of some other things too, like maybe you can't be as choiceful. Like, mm-hmm. you want to go eat at a buffet or something. Well, guess what? <laughs> That's maybe not in the cards, but you have... Maybe you know, not the, today. The, right, and the, but the core need is I'm hungry or I want to be around people and eat or something, you know, and then you'll, right. you'll find ways to meet that no matter what, and you don't have to jump through all these hoops to, to get it done. Try so. to make it happen. Yeah, I was thinking about times where I've been um, traveling, and money list compared to times when I'm at home. So sometimes when I'm up home and I'm upset about something, I'm not like a big, I don't shop. I don't go to the mall. It grosses me right. out or like any places yeah. like that. But if I'm feeling bad or something and I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy myself new tarot cards today. Or like, I'm going to mm-hmm. buy myself, I don't know, this right. sweater at the thrift store that I really don't need because I already have three of them. And I don't know if it actually helps me feel better, but I think that it does sometimes. And then Mm -hmm. there are times when I'm, you know, living, traveling with primarily no money and I have to actually (laughs) face that or find a new way to change my feelings. So I definitely think exactly what you said. Sometimes it's just different doors that are open. Yeah. And like I said, you know, and and it's like, it's kind of a relief, you know, there's a relief in simplicity where you just have less stuff to I mean I, when I used to buy things especially before mm-hmm. I would just research the hell out of it like big ticket items or something it was like it was such a pain it was yeah. stressful like this this element of so many choices it's like choice overload it and uh, it's just nice to just sit back and be like just have more simple living and mm-hmm. yeah it's <laughs> it's such a relief in many ways is there anything that you miss about living with like a Continued income all the time. Right, more conventional, Yeah, I guess. Because that's the thing. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, not really. I mean, I yeah, because I don't have, I don't really have, like, these, yeah, these, like, oh, well, when I, when I used to do that, I was not really. And I'm actually thinking about what you're saying, too, about buying stuff, bringing some sense of joy Mm -hmm. or satisfaction. Like I remember clearly feeling the link dissolve over several months when I, when I stopped buying stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it was very, it was amazing. It was like, Whoa, I have, it's like this renewed kind of confidence and power and like just clarity where you don't have to have, you know, have that on your mind, like window shop, even window shopping or something or something like that. You know, it's just like, it's just, it's just going to come my way if I need it. Yeah. You know, you just, you yeah. just, you know that it's going to happen and you're going to be fine. Right. So. 
Very nice. Well, I know that you do different forms of activism. So what activism do you do in your free time now that, you know, you have some more time, like you said, you can be walking around on a Tuesday. <laughs> what That's do you right, usually on a do Tuesday in the afternoon. Right. Um, well, this is actually what I was going to bring up, too, because, you know, initially with the moneyless stuff, the impetus started with, like, an aversion to working full-time and, like, trying to de-stress and simplify and, you know, just try and survive in a more easeful way. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what how it started and, and still continues, but what shifted a little bit was I've always kind of been, you know, a caring person and like tuned into wanting to be of service. And it just kind of clicked where it was like, well, let's see. Like I was talking about earlier, like the things where the money is, mm-hmm. is not where the heart is. Right. Like that's there. There we have a weird warped inverted world where the things that have value and money mm-hmm. are really, useless for most of like you know financial sector yeah yeah it's a bunch of you know what are they doing they're just playing with money and numbers and there's no real inherent worth there Mm -hmm. um but like you know being a caregiver uh you know healer massage therapist um, teacher whatever (laughs) teacher etc there's no money there Mm -hmm. and that's really messed up um so i was basically like well let's see if i want to do what i want to do I'm going to have to learn to live really simply or maybe even without money because mm-hmm. then I could just pretty much do whatever I want. I can just become a full-time volunteer. Yeah. For the most part, I can just, and, 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 all, and it's, it's kind of a radical step in the fact that there aren't really even enough good jobs to go around anyway. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm kind of just taking a step out of that workforce sector and being like, okay, I can do I can plug in wherever I can on, on in the service, you know, yeah. spectrum, and and uh, kind of free up a spot for somebody that really needs that money per se. Maybe they have a family or something. They really need that money and they want to, you know, work in that industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but specifically, I guess <laughs> to get into what what exactly I do or have done. So like, I used to do a lot of food not bombs. Okay. Work. That was one of my main first things. I would do like 20 hours a week. I'd do all kinds of pickups on my bike, trailer, hundreds of pounds of food a week. Where were you picking up food from? Uh, farmers markets. Okay. Um, rest or not restaurants, but like there's this place called the Higher Taste, which is amazing here. That give like they give us tons of burritos mm-hmm. every week. Um, and they're all plant based. They're vegetarian, if not vegan. So yeah, it's pretty nice. Um, okay. And. Yeah, mainly a lot of farmer's markets, typically. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to do, like, the Saturday pickup over at Portland State mm-hmm. University, and uh, that was, like, a whole-day event. We'd just go to these different places and pick up tons of stuff, and that was great. I did that for, like, you know, two or three years. And, I, and lately, I've kind of stepped back from Food Not Bombs. I haven't done as much. Um, but I've done I've done work, a lot of stuff with, with the whole vegan front. Yeah. That's, to me is such an underserved issue and, uh, or I guess, yeah, underspoken. You're not really, you know, when it, when it can cover so many areas, Mm -hmm. you know, health and environment and ethical reasons, it's like huge. So, yeah, for sure. So I've been keen on that ever since I kind of got back on the vegan, vegan wagon in in 2014, (laughs) um, which was, which was actually influenced from the Sangha from Satya and those guys, they really like, 
re-inspired me to recommit to it because um, I had been vegan for like six months in like 2012 for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I kind of fell off. Um, you did so stuff yeah, with Collectively of, Free that? too, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I worked with Collectively Free. I was kind of like an organizer here. I did like a conference for them, like this, this green conference I tabled. Mm-hmm. I did a bunch of stuff online with them. Um, yeah, and actually I kind of stepped away from, from working with them directly recently. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm very much on that pro-intersectional level of having like a holistic understanding. And I'm, and I'm probably more so, I've always been really a big fan of like Will Tuttle. Yeah. Because um, we have a slightly similar, we kind of came into veganism through that spiritual angle especially. Mm-hmm. And... And just like his really compassionate approach, and, and he's still pretty intersectional about it. Um, but he comes; he doesn't necessarily use those words as much. He's less kind of academic about it. He's more spiritual, like interconnected web of life, yeah. Buddhist stuff. He talks about that a lot, right? And so I'm I'm really big on the Will Tuttle front, and um, I've been kind of like I said, I've been a little bit of a lull the last several months, kind of looking what to plug into, especially with veganism. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a sense that I want to do more things like that. And like I've done lots of outreach and things, and mm-hmm. all kinds of protests and demos, and lots lots of stuff over the years. The um, I recently I, I started doing some work with uh, the Cuba Truth Anonymous with Voiceless. Yeah. Um, my friend Pafo here in Portland organizes a lot with that, and they're on it like every week almost. They're wow. doing a lot. So for people who don't know, the Cube of Truth is where you show um, slaughterhouse videos in public to people yeah. walking by. And do you wear masks when you do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the activists usually wear masks so that you're not um, looking at their faces. And then a couple people walk around and answer questions or hand out leaflets and things like that. Right. Yeah. So you're doing some things. Doing some things, yeah. And I, and I, and I teach uh, my other big service project for the last little bit has been uh, to work with this project called Kaleidoscope Yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and before this happened like two years ago, I had never envisioned myself becoming some kind of yoga teacher really. <laughs> or, uh, and I still don't even really have, you know, like a 200 hour type of thing. I just kind of yeah. learned on the job and um, I've been doing that by donation for like two years and I've been offering classes oh. um, weekly and that's been really amazing and kaleidoscope yoga is like this fusion of massage and group and partner yoga mm-hmm. so it's pretty amazing and that actually got me more into massage and I do that kind of on the side too by donation and just doing massage trades and things with people and um, do you do that at like, their studio or do you have a place or do you do it at it's your at house? The, it's at the People's Food Co-op, which is a local, pretty amazing, long, long, you know, from the 70s um, food co-op mm-hmm. that, that we, that they, they actually gift us a space every week so that we can do completely by donation. Um, that's, that's the problem. I mean, like a lot of studios, you know, they have to, you know, pay the, pay the bills or whatever. And so you have to charge people. Mm-hmm. And, and that's been a thing where we've tried to expand the practice to a few places, mm-hmm. but that's always been a bit of a wall. It's like, well, it's not really big enough 
or well-known enough, like maybe even acro yoga is, yeah. to, to bring in a bunch of people to actually make ends meet, mm-hmm. um, which is a real shame. Um, but, uh, and our weather here is kind of kind of yucky for most of the year, so yeah. you can't really do it outside for free either, so it's right. like, well, you need in- indoor spaces, but that's been a big passion of mine, doing that, and that's really opened up my heart more to connecting, you know, with the yoga philosophy and yeah and all that and and almost like i kind of like i used to always say you know like service and activism as if they're kind of separate or like mm-hmm. my my identity as an activist is somebody who like had a little bit of an edge you know like a little bit of a fire which i which i have mm-hmm. but i kind of just say service now and i really kind of focus on just everything service and like i've shifted a little bit more to i mean it's important to tear things down yeah and then Open them up, but I'm definitely my more of my focus is on building systems up or building, you know, a little more quote unquote positive kind of directional focus for the things I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, more heart centered, compassionate sort of led right. avenues. Um, yeah. That's important. So. We need the tearing down, lighting on fire, and the right. building back yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> Thing. And, and the thing is, I can't even, I mean, that, that's good. both of, both of those things are going to happen regardless. So right. It's, like, it's not like one is necessarily better than the other. Right. Um, but at this, more, I'm more in the camp, like I said, of positive building and like, yeah, so. That's where your heart's at right now. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Um, is there anything that you would say, taking all that into consideration, to someone who's thinking about living moneyless or considering it, um, you know, kind of having it up in the air, what advice would you offer to people? Um, I'd say go for it. <laughs> That's pretty uh, easy. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've, I've kind of mentored a few people over the years um, that have come to me and other people that live like me in our little group here. Mm-hmm. That have been like, hey, yeah, I want to do that too, and, and uh, it's been interesting to see how they've kind of played out. Like some people have kind of fallen away or fallen off the path and gone back to more conventional living. And I get it; it's, mm-hmm. it's challenging to kind of do what I do, and there's not as many opportunities for it, even. Um, and depend what people's needs are, you know. Um, yeah. But um, generally, I would say, you know, wherever you're at you can probably simplify in mm, some way. Yeah. You know, you can probably cut out something, you can probably work less, you know, you can, you know, and just to re-examine, like, where is actually your time and energy going? Because I'm not necessarily adverse to, to bringing in money, because mm-hmm. obviously I, I do bring in some, but it's important to where it's coming from, and what am I doing, right. and how much. Those right. are all really important. Yeah, um, those are I wouldn't even necessarily, if I found, like, a dream job that was, like, full time I would all I would kind of be like well I don't know because <laughs> yeah. I want to have balance with like what I'm doing and be able to plug into different things too so yeah it's incredible incredible to me how much people work um yeah and then use that money to pay to work it's just I've never thought about it so much up until now and I mean I'm only 21 years old but um it's it's big watching people go to work five six days a week and work most of the day and then they come home and they're tired, and sometimes yep. they have to, you know, work on more work from work, 
or um, they're just trying to unwind for the day and then they wake up and do it again. And I, I know it works for some people, but um, it's nice to learn about some more options as well. Yeah, and that's and there's such a deep sorrow, and that's like I mean one reason why I don't like to go eat out a lot of times because I see folks that are working there at a lot of restaurant type places, you know, mm-hmm. their servers or whatever, and I know that their 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 deeper desires, their true capacity as as human beings is not being utilized at all, and there's this, <laughs> this you know that's me. <laughs> they might put on a good face, and some people probably enjoy it to some degree, but yeah. like a lot of people, there's so much disgruntled workers out there that are just in these soul sucking positions. It just crushes me. Yeah, <laughs> it really crushes me to be out and see that and to be like, you know, you want to go paint or you want to go write a book or you want to go right. help some friend or you want to, you know. Instead of serving somebody and ordering their whatever, you know, Applebee's or who knows, you know, it's like, it's just kind of crazy. But yet there's so many of those jobs. Right. That's actually what I'm doing right now. I just picked up serving again (laughs) while I'm here. So that's why I was laughing when you said that. Because I'm like, I, (laughs) yeah, I can find ways to enjoy different things there and enjoy different people. But, you know, first choice, that's not what I want to be doing with my time. Right. No matter how awesome the place is, you know, I want to, I want to be writing a book or traveling or spending time with people that I care about. So, yeah, it is a little bit soul sucking at times. <laughs> and, then, and then even I've, you know, recently, like, I kind of been wanting to get back into dog walking. And for me, that's like a very joyful thing and mm-hmm. pretty casual and everything. And that, you know, it's into it's ends to a means in a lot of ways because it allows me to exist and just have housing. Mm hmm which then I can then operate because that's the core, you know, right. housing, I can operate, I can do my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been like making this hummus on the side, which I've actually been working with fellow vegans it's called roundhouse hummus. It's really pretty amazing stuff. But, um, but even that sometimes I can be, it can feel a little menial like, or like under my abilities as a human Yeah. <laughs> in some ways. But then I, you know, I get caught up in that whole thing and I, and it's like, you know, what, like the big picture, I'm trading like a, a two days a month for a month of living, basically. Yeah. Like that's a pretty good trade off, and I'm working with cool people, and you know right. I get like chickpeas and. <laughs> you get you know, and I can move around. I can get a sweat going doing some physical. It's actually you know on balance, it's not so bad. Right. Uh, so I try to be mindful of that not to to get caught up in this like you know, this whole mindset of I have a college degree, I should be whatever you know some kind of like thing right but Mm -hmm. i realized that my lifestyle like affords me the opportunity to do all kinds of amazing things yeah so it's 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 a good trade-off because life is a series of trade-offs and ultimately Mm -hmm. i'm making a wise choice i think so yeah it sounds like it do you feel (laughs) this is such an annoying question Mm -hmm. do you feel um some sort of content with the lifestyle choices that you've made up until now, um, deciding to live moneyless and dedicate time to activism and service, or for you, just the word service. <laughs> yeah, <all> right. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely like when you find yourself, it's really amazing. It's like, you know, from my twenties, I was kind of floundering a bit, trying to figure out what I'm doing, and then, you know, I just turned thirty-five, and so. Over the last four years, I would say I'm doing what I'm I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like I've kind of found my path, my rough path, you know, and I can do 
various things on it that mm-hmm. manifest in various ways, but ultimately it's about this simple living, you know, service oriented path. Yeah. And, and, uh, so it's, it's been really amazing to be able to do that and then to have people honor that too. Yeah. You know, cause then the last two like living situations, I, I thought, well, where am I ever going to find a place that's going to allow me to live for like hardly anything? Yeah. Um, but yet, you know, you put it out there, right? What you're doing and people want to honor that. So that's so awesome. I'm glad that yeah. you found that. Yeah. Very cool. Amazing. Um, um, well, was there anything else that you'd like to add or talk about? Huh. Advice you'd like to throw to people or I don't know where to find this hummus, anything. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess what well, we could talk about where, where you can find me on, social media or whatever and um and people are you know more than welcome to add me on facebook especially i'm pretty active on there and that's tyler whitney once again i'll, I'll have links on there i'm sure and okay and i have a blog which hasn't been as active as of late i used to do almost like a, it was just like my testament to my life for a long time and i would yeah. do weekly updates even um but i'm gonna get a little bit back into that more i think okay um that's a wisdom practitioner i think I'm pretty sure people can just Google wisdom practitioner and oh. it'll come up like first thing. That's fancy. Um, yeah. And it's, it's on like the blogger network, you know, the Google, um, blog system. Okay. I'll also and, put uh, a link in case people want to check that out. Yeah. And I'm actually on Instagram now. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> With our mutual friend, Mr. Taylor, uh, yep. kind of pushed me towards, because they're pretty active on there. Yeah. Um, but I'm really, <laughs> it's such a phone-centric thing, and I'm not on my For phone sure. a ton, so that I'm not taking tons of photos and things, so I'm still kind of like, I don't really. You can just creep around on other people. I'm pretty much just creeping, yeah. I'm, and like, I'm hitting those hearts, you know, and, yeah. and making some comments. And, um, and that's kind of neat um, in a lot of ways to have another little side platform for, I mean, even on Twitter too, but that's another thing I'm really not. Wow. Do anything with <laughs> Twitter's like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it's too much. Pretty much, it's just Facebook and then okay. the blog a little bit. So we'll give people so. that information. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. My pleasure. Thanks yeah. for having me. Of course. It. If people have any questions, I will direct them right back to you. <laughs> All right. Okay. I guess we'll talk to you later. All right. Sweet. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. And keep on going.